Um, well, we are super excited to have Dr. Kirtan with us here today. Dr. Kirtan is the president of the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. Uh, as you know, we're excited to, to have him here sharing uh, from God's word and from his heart. Um, and what likely is his last time speaking in chapel, uh, given, given the, uh, the announcement that was made recently of, of your eventual departure from Northwestern, um, uh, the, uh, the time is coming, but we're so glad to have you here, Dr. Kirtan, this morning to share with us. So um, would you join me in praying for... Let's pray together. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for um, this leader. Uh, thank you for uh, the, the, the message that you put on his heart for, for us today and that, that he'll be sharing. God, may, may um, you be glorified through the words of Dr. Kirtan now, and, and, uh, and may we receive what you have for us during this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Darren. Well, students, if you hadn't heard that what Darren just shared with you is, is true, after 20 years in this role, it's time for me to move on to another chapter. And I've told the board that. And it's like I shared in the announcement, as we read in Ecclesiastes, to every season, there's a time. And 20 years is long enough. Uh, it's older than some of you in this room. <laughs> and yes, I am pretty old. So. Uh, it's time to move on. What I uh, want to share with you, though, before I, I move on to uh, the topic, is that uh, I don't believe retirement is a biblical concept. I think that I am called to continue to do what I need to do for the advancement of the gospel until the day I die. And so even though I step away from this role at Northwestern, and into a different role, my goal and my passion is still to serve the King of Kings. And so, uh, in our society we have retirement, but I can't find it anywhere in Scripture. <laughs> so we're moving on. Gail and I are going to move on to the next chapter. We're going to be incredibly supportive of Northwestern in the years to come, how many years the Lord gives us on this earth, and we'll go from there. But in the meantime, I want to share with you a passage of Scripture because uh, uh, Justin and Darren asked me to continue this theme on one another. And uh, I found a passage of scripture that is packed with advice and counsel on how do we do that for one another. And uh, so I wanna share that with you today when we get there. Yeah, that's the last slide too, it's that passage. All right, so pray with me if you will really quick. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations and thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So uh, Sunday when I was in church, uh, Gail and I were in church, the pastor shared this scripture passage in Isaiah. And uh, if you'll bring that up. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I don't ever remember reading this. This is, I'm, I'm still amazed when the Holy Spirit keeps providing insights for me about scripture that I know I've read, but it just impacted me. 
And, and, I, and that's what I, I want to share just with you that, because I want to share with you my life verses. I don't know if you have life verses or if you've adapted them. When I was in college, we never talked about the concept of life verses. Yes, there are verses that were important to us, but the concept of having a life verse happened to me after I left college. And I want to share with you the two passages for me personally that impact my life and drive how I think and how I live out my faith. But this one, this one really kind of affirmed what I'm going to share with you in my life verses. Verses one and two out of 56th chapter of Isaiah. Be just and fair to all, says the Lord. Do what is right and good. For I'm coming soon to rescue you. Blessed are those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who are careful to do this. And blessed are those who honor my Sabbath days of rest by refusing to work. Blessed are those who keep themselves from doing wrong. Yeah, I, thought, I read that and I thought to myself, oh, that is so sweet. Like in Psalm 19, the psalmist writes that the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord is more precious than gold. It's sweeter than honey, sweeter than honeycomb. So that's what I wanna dive into today and share with you. And I also wanna just also let you know, I'm gonna do things a little different today. I'm gonna look at scripture and then I'm gonna give you the Al Kirtan paraphrase for each one. Just to give you a boots on the ground type of how am I approaching it and how do I read that scripture. But first, my life verse, Micah 6.8. I love this verse. This was my father-in-law's life verse. A man of God, someone whom I deeply respected, high school graduation, his knowledge of theology and doctrine was more than mine today. Wisdom, passion for the Lord, a farmer, if you will. Micah 6, 8, oh people, the Lord has already told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to do justice, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The other side, that's the Old Testament verse. The New Testament verse is the one I share at graduation as part of my charge to every graduating class over the past 20 years. And that comes out of Mark 12. When a scribe, a lawyer, if you will, asked the Lord what is the greatest commandment, he responded by saying, the most important commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. This is powerful stuff, students. This is the Son of God, God who became flesh and walked among us, stated there is only one God, Lord, one and only. Other religions might tell you other things, one and only, folks. And you must love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is as equally as important, is to love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So when I dived into the word and what I wanted to share with you, I found this passage in Romans. And Romans, especially the first two verses of chapter 12, are known to many of us, are the ones we know from chapter 12. 
But I want to talk about the last verses. But you know verses one and two. I appeal appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then the Apostle Paul goes on in this wonderful chapter, because chapter 12 all the way to the end of Romans talks about personal responsibility. He goes on to how you, us, ourselves, should walk. And then he talks about the church, and then he talks about how we should communicate with the world. Those are verses nine through 19. And that's what I wanna look at right now. So if you have the word of God with you, if it's you know, in the Bible, my, my beat up old Bible here, or if you have it on your mobile device, turn to it. Because I'm gonna take each verse one by one. And again, like I said before, I'm gonna do the Al Kirtan paraphrase. Give you my assessment of what that verse says. So verse nine. It says, don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good. That's verse nine. Don't pretend just to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good. So when I do a paraphrase of that verse, my paraphrase is, let your love be sincere with one another. Let your love. See, that's how... That's how the world knows that you and I are different, because of the love of Christ that we have in us, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. What the Apostle Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, the fragrance of Christ within us, people notice that. That's what makes us different. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. My paraphrase of that is, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another. When you look at the word honor here, in Greek it means different, but in Hebrew, the word honor in Hebrew means to make look good. When we honor God, we make him look good. That's the Hebrew word for honor. My paraphrase in verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honoring one another. Can you imagine what our culture would be like if we did that? Could we, could we make a difference as men and women of God, followers of Christ, make a difference by actually doing this? Verse 11, never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. I gotta admit this is not really a one another verse, but I, I'm giving you my paraphrase. Be zealous in serving the Lord and one another. Be zealous in serving. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. One of the other things I like to say in chapel, and I've shared with you before, is that nothing weakens our witness more as followers of Christ than mediocrity in our work or our calling, whatever our work will be, or laziness. Because people look at that and they judge, say, okay, how sincere is your commitment? That's why it's important for us in our mission statement here at the university. We want you to grow intellectually and spiritually in a biblical worldview to understand. Then we want to prepare you for your calling, your vocation, so that you serve effectively. That's what it says, to serve effectively. 
And then we want you to be God-honoring leaders in the home, church, community, and world. We want you to exceed and do well because your work is your gift to the Lord at the altar. Your gift. Verse 12, be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. As I paraphrase that, as I do the Al Curtin thing, is be joyful with one another in hope, be patient with one another when there's affliction, and be faithful with one another in prayer. What's precious here is that you hear in these words, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan for each of us, a plan to bless us and prosper us. That's what's so precious about this is the consistency here. But it also then Paul says, be patient in trouble because folks, as you walk through life, there are gonna be storms. You've already had storms in your life. Storms are coming, this is part of it. Be patient in trouble and always be in prayer. One of the blessings I've had over the years is to have a prayer partner. Whether it was Jerry for about eight years and then I, Gail and I moved and then it was David for about another eight years. And those precious times with Jerry and David were some of the just precious memories that I have. If you can get a prayer partner, we, the, the guys and I met once a week for an hour just to focus on prayer, just to focus on what God is calling us and how we can impact. It's a precious time. Be in prayer. Let's go on. Verse 13. And when the children of God are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests into your home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. Verse 13, my paraphrase, is to share with one another, especially with those in need, and do hospitality with one another. I love that other other verse in Scripture that talks about sometimes you never know when you're entertaining an angel. You never know. So be, be able to share with one another what the Lord's given you. All right, verse 14. If someone persecutes you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. I gotta tell you, here's my paraphrase. Bless one another, especially those who persecute you. I've shared with you in chapel before, and I I don't know if I shared with, I think I did the last time I was here. In my position of leadership over the last 42 years, there have been times when I've had to make a decision that I knew was best for the community. I knew that was biblically following God's word, but it did not resonate well with some members of the community. They disagreed with me. They disagreed with me fervently, if you will. And this is whether I was in my first job or my second or my third or now my fourth position. And each time, each time, there was an attack on me. First on my management style. If that didn't work, it was on my personality. And if that, wasn't, if that didn't work, they came after me theologically, questioning whether or not I was a Christian. And these are most of the time, fellow Christians or other non-Christians. And each time I asked myself, Lord, how do you want me to respond? And each time it was, don't curse them, don't curse them, don't speak negatively about them, don't slander them, don't gossip. Let me handle it. And students, I want to tell you that each time that happened, when I, when I let the Lord be the Lord, according to his time, it turned out to be incredibly positive. It turned out to be incredible. It was hard for me, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to lash out and go and, and really attack them. 
especially, you know, comments in social media and things like that. It was really hard on my kids. My children wanted to come to my defense. We had to say to them, let the Lord handle this. Let the Lord handle this. So when someone curses, you bless them. So let's go on to verse 15. When others are happy, be happy with them. When they're sad, share in their sorrow. My, my paraphrase of that is rejoice with one another and weep with one another. There are times when you and I need to stand with someone because of something that's happened in their life. Let's say they lost a loved one. Let's say they're going, that someone in their family is going through cancer or this COVID thing has hit them. And sometimes you don't know what to say. You wanna say, I'm praying for you. But let me also tell you that you know, have, if you, when you know someone who's in need, sometimes just being there, presence, your presence is a blessing in ways that you cannot fathom what a joy that is for someone when you stand with them during the times that they're going through trial. When they're happy, be with, happy with them. When they're sad, be sad with them. Let me go on to verse 16 then. Live in harmony with each other. Try not to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. You know, my, my paraphrase of this is live in harmony with one another and associate with one another regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your age, regardless if you're male or female, regardless of your race, we are one in the Lord. Live in harmony with one another. Can you see, can't you see what the world would be like if this was actually something that we could do in our lifetime? For you and I to do what the thing, what the Paul is saying here? Verse 17, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. My paraphrase is don't repay evil with one another, do what is right. And then it goes on to say, do, verse 18, do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. And my paraphrase for verse 18 is live in peace with one another. Hmm. And then verse 19, dear friends, never avenge yourself. Leave that to God for it's written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who des- deserve it, says the Lord. And my, my response is don't take revenge for one another. Students, these words are sweet as honey and they're more precious than gold. If you and I, as the body of Christ, can do these verses, oh my goodness, what would the world look like? Please know that we, what we're trying to do at Northwestern, and it's an ideal, we understand that. This is what we're striving for, the faculty and staff, is we wanna create that environment where you, you get to experience this here at Northwestern. Now I realize, I realize we have our shortcomings, but it's something that we strive for, to try to live out each and every one of these verses in our classes, across the campus, in our relationships with you. I, I, one of the things about taking this job is that I don't have a lot of contact with students, and I miss that. But this is my calling in life, and I understand that. So for Gail and I, when we have an opportunity to interact with students, we treasure that time. Because it's our opportunity, if you will, 
to impact and serve you. And I want you to know the faculty and staff are here because we have been praying for you, we love you, and we want you to experience that here. So when you go out into the world that hates us, you can be countercultural. You can be Christ to them. You can offer them an opportunity to live in harmony, to serve those who are in need, to weep with those who weep, to not repay evil for evil when people speak negatively of you or attack you personally, but to be different, all for the Word of God. Students, as Darren said, this is my last time to be able to talk to you in chapel. I, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the times that I've had. But I want you to know that my prayer for you, my prayer is that you will seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You will pursue Him and that you will love the Lord or you'll love your neighbor as yourself. That's my hope and prayer for you. And I wish, I wish all of you will do that. That's my hope, that's my prayer. Pray with me if you will. Precious Lord, I believe what you've written in your word. I believe that you have orchestrated this moment and this time to bring the people to Northwestern that you want here for this season of time. I believe these students are here because they're seeking an opportunity to grow spiritually and intellectually as they deepen their faith in you. And Lord, I also know that you're the only one that can deepen their faith. So Father, teach them, mold their hearts. Holy Spirit, come and intercede. And I ask and beg that you do that in the name of Jesus. But Lord, let us as a community strive, strive to live out these verses that we just looked at that are so precious, that are so sweet, that are so powerful. But Lord, we need your help to do so. Holy Spirit, come alongside of each and every one of us. Come alongside each and every one of us. Hold us accountable. Where we sin, make us feel guilty. Bring us to repentance. Father, encourage, lead us, Holy Spirit, to ask for forgiveness. At the same time, open up doors of opportunities for us to be Christ. To those who are happy and rejoicing, to those who are weeping and with sorrow, to those who are in need, to those who curse us, to those who are in need, Lord, of your love as well. Anyways, Father, to you be the glory. And thank you. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word with the students today. I ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.